Hey there, gonna make this real quick. It is a new year for 2018. If you want to, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That's right, that is a crowdfunding site that we use to, you know, make stuff like these live shows possible and the regular shows possible as well. That is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to a very special episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, the Games Club podcast. Yes, this is a live episode that we recorded at the 2017 Portland Retro Gaming Expo in Portland, Oregon, uh, in the fall of 2017. Yeah, I talked about 2017 the... a couple times there. So it's quite all right. It's still 27. It remained true throughout the sentence. <laughs> um, you didn't say it at 11.59 on December 31st. Yeah. That's the that, only time that, you can't do that. That'd be a weird, like, ARG. Just break this recording up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Frog Fractions, three people. Um, this is uh, – we recorded this on the WarioWare series and specifically WarioWare 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people have already heard this because they did put it up on YouTube, like, right away. Uh, we, we got strange. a buddy now. Yeah. Well, it's because we got we got a buddy. Oh, like, yeah. We got a buddy. Dude. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, who filmed it. Um, we'll talk about all that, but we just want to do this little intro to let you know what you're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sound quality is not is still good, but mm-hmm. it's not totally up to our normal uh, standards. And uh, it's a shorter episode, but uh, I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back afterwards to talk, kind of talk about our experience with the, the expo and do our usual kind of post-gaming uh, that we do. Yeah. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're watching Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be the time. Sorry. I didn't. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, this year at Portland Retro Games Expo, we are talking about the WarioWare series of games for all manner of Nintendo platforms. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, since we have a group of people here, I thought this would be fun. Because um, everybody can do a Wario impersonation of some strength and stripe. So I want to do like a 3-2-1 and get the whole room to do a Wario noise. <laughs> and it's just going to be the most unpleasant thing. And we're going to use it for fully for movies about demons. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to go 3-2-1 and then everybody's best Wario. Okay? 3-2-1. Uh, Wario! Excellent. Love it. And it's just noise. It, it's yeah. just, it's so, he's so good. If you, if you don't think we're going to talk about just Wario in general, like Wario generalities, you've got another thing coming. Yeah, most of these pages are blank. It's just drawings. Yeah, just drawings of Wario. It, yeah. it's just, Mostly tasteful news. There's like, there's like Mr. Cole Wario, Mr. Cole Wario Jr. There's all these. Because <laughs> uh, he's, uh, women want him and men want to be him. Yes. 
Um, but let's actually talk about the games and move into a Wario space. Yes, let us bring us bring ourselves into this headspace of gold yes. coins and farts and yes. everything base. Yeah. This is ridiculous. That is the best possible compliment you could get. That is what uh, Satoru Iwata said about WarioWare Smooth Moves in an Iwata ass. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it is a, it is a silly series of games, uh, which Nintendo is not always that. Uh, like, you know, Mushroom Kingdom is silly, but there's an internal logic. And WarioWare is uh, very ridiculous and absurd, uh, kind of from te- head to toe. Yes. Uh, Tip to toe, it is ridiculous. Um, you know, WarioWare itself is this expression of ridiculousness because literally anything goes in this series, uh, which is made up of these collections of micro games. These, uh, well, you know, mini games, those things <laughs> that are smaller than regular games. Well, these are smaller than that because you want to sell more of them, which is Wario's entire thing profit. Um, and these games, you play them for five or so seconds. And they're strung together in a row, and they get faster and harder every time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so anything you might individually do would not be enough to hold up a game. Uh, so the kind of mechanics of these, uh, which is something that I, I feel like people kind of take for gl- granted, but in going through it for the show, it was really interesting to see where the challenge and where the fun actually lies yeah. uh, in these. And there's kind of different steps, uh, I feel like. Um, you know, they, they, each one is like a blast of an image, and a command. And what you were doing is a lot of work in a really short amount of time that I think gets taken for granted. Um, you are interpreting the word, um, you're interpreting it uh, in relation to the image, and you're interpreting it in relation to your control interface. And you have to do this, not just in under five seconds, but leaving yourself enough time to actually execute what the game wants you to do. Yes, and again and again and again. <laughs> so it has this, uh, something that would be fatiguing uh, if it wasn't so well done. Um, this kind of constant state of heightened alert uh, <laughs> that you have to be in to play these games where if somebody says pick, that could mean your nose or pick a vegetable or choose something. Yeah. And you are quickly, it's, it's like almost a game about words in a real weird way. It is a game about interpreting commands yes. uh, as quickly as possible. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it happens, it happens to me when I play it, happens all the time we have the setup at the booth, just like the panic when somebody's like, ah, what do I do? Yeah. It said haze. What, like, what does that mean? Like, no, it's not referring to the 2007 first person shooter. It's referring to <laughs> like, say something mean about this person. It gives you the, it gives you the uh, answers. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're reading very quickly. It's that kind of quick comprehension, yeah. uh, which is kind of the basis of, of the game. Yeah. Um, the interfaces vary widely as well. So, again, not only are you figuring out uh, what to do, but how to do it. Um, something like pick could be on uh, a controller, could just be moving your cursor and pressing A, but on a Wiimote, uh, it could be doing this. Uh, and that could be picking a, a vegetable. So you are, you're kind of going through a, a surprisingly complicated series of things <laughs> for something so simple. Yeah, I like how you clean that up. How you made it so it wasn't the most juvenile thing where, like, oh, we're going to pick a vegetable. No, the canonical ones, you're picking a nose. Yeah. Like, that's what they put on all the promos. And stuff. we all do it. I don't know, I turned into, like, the mom from Mommy Dearest or something. <laughs> like, like uh, there, but, you know. We, we've all we've all been there. We've all played a little solo WarioWare. Well, analog WarioWare. Yeah, with, uh, with, our, with our nose. Um, so this uh, this kind of uh, that interpretation also extends to the graphical style, which is crude and goofy and surprising and meant to make you laugh. Uh, there are a lot of 
micro jokes mm-hmm. uh, in this game, um, little things uh, subverting your expectations. Um, yeah. You will you will accomplish the task, and somebody will strike a ridiculous pose as opposed to a triumphant one, or their pants will fall down, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, or because you are repeating, you know, a lot of these games over and over again, sometimes with heightened difficulty, uh, they will ha- they will establish a pattern, something to expect, and then the opposite thing will happen. But you still succeed. The example being uh, the eyedropper mini game, yes. where it's going over top of that every time. It's like bloop, drop, you know, water in their eye, and then in the final stage, uh, all of a sudden, yeah, the, the, eye beam yeah. blasts everything away. So the dropper has become the drop id, yes, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so yeah, so the, it's trying to make you laugh, uh, you know, and kind of every uh, every element of its being. Yes. Um, so the first game, the, those, those control methods uh, matter. So we're going to kind of go through those as they, they change. The, the game we're covering in detail for the show is the GBA version, the original, um, which was also ported to GameCube uh, and is almost the same game. Uh, a couple of differences we'll go over. Yeah. But that's all a directional pad and a button. So yes. very simple. Incredibly simple. There are people in the, in the audience who, who kind of did a silent cheer like a, like a Rocky when they heard about the, the, the Game Boy Advance version. That is a very good one, um, and as soon as Nintendo saw, you know, how well this worked and it performed really well, they decided, well, this amount of variety we can put into a game makes a lot of sense for trying out new stuff with our new hardware. So what you see between, you know, after the, these initial games um, and until uh, they kind of stopped making these uh, was when there was a new piece of Nintendo hardware they would use WarioWare to demonstrate what is cool about the way you interact with that. Yeah, and that's not the, this isn't the only series they do that with. That's right. kind of a Nintendo trope. But uh, this is one of them that I don't feel like gets a lot of credit for demonstrating Nintendo hardware variety. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about those different inputs. Um, kind of another thing that is standard throughout the game is you have a set number of lives. Uh, when you fail a minigame, uh, those run out. So the, the, it's a marathon. You're getting through a certain number and getting through a boss fight, which will be uh, some kind of bespoke longer challenge on a set number of lives. Yes. Um, And over the course of this, it'll speed up. Sometimes they'll have like little um, comic breaks, you know, just like, ah, here's an image of one of these characters that we're going to talk about. Um, And you'll also level up, I believe. But that is just the difficulty. Yeah, it just goes faster. So level up is difficulty, speed up is speed, Uh obviously. And those two things will work in tandem. So uh, on some... Courses, it doesn't go long enough to do both. Um, sometimes you'll just speed up and then you'll get to the boss fight. Uh, but for the final ones, you'll usually get to a level up as well. Yeah. Which will usually, it'll be variations on old games with an added difficulty uh, kind of element. So the example that comes to mind, uh, there's one where it is uh, Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, where you're running around collecting the coins and they'll throw a Mario in there. So you have your little Warrior, you're trying to get the coin, Wario's, inter- Mario's interfering because uh, he's jealous. <laughs> as he always does. Yes. Yes. Um, and kind of the meta structure for these games, um, not the micro games, but the titles you buy in the store them yourself, itself, um, is to go through these collections of games that are made by these characters um, inside there. And again, we're going to get there uh, because most of these live shows end up t- being talking about characters. That's true. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of a li- list of them. We we pick live shows for things we can talk about in forty five minutes, and yeah. this is no no exception. Um, they're great characters, though. Uh, I like the design. I would love to see more done with these. Um, I, I would like a 9-volt amiibo. I would like a Dr. Krygor amiibo. Yeah. Uh, Orbulon doesn't get enough credit in general. <laughs> so, like, Orbulon is an is a underrated yeah. fella. Orbulon doesn't belong here. We have 16 goddamn Donkey Kong games. We got no Orbulon like, <laughs> solo showcases. Like, Ashley! 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, Ashley, Ashley's great. I love Ashley. She's not in the one we covered in detail, but Ashley's really good. Yeah. Um, I love Ashley, a little goth girl. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's talk kind of about the origins of this. Yes, and the weird Nintendo development politics and the strange studios and stuff that this uh, went through. So the basis for the WarioWare games um, was the set of creative titles uh, that were made for the Nintendo 64 disk drive system over in Japan. We never got that. Uh, these two titles, Mario Artist Talent Studio and Mario Artist Polygon Studio, um, they had you creating these graphical, you know, um, images, and the animated versions of those would be featured in like little barrages of micro games that people would play. Yeah, um, and they ended up choosing Mario Wario as the mascot uh, for these because no other Nintendo character would really fit. Um, they all have like day jobs; they enjoy sports. Like they, I feel like they have rich and active lives. And Wario uh, was begging for something to do. Uh, this makes sense. Also. Uh, Matsuoka uh, is noted saying, Wario is always doing stupid things and is really idiotic. <laughs> um, can we, um, is this a good time to slot in our, our, our tight three on Wario in general? Yeah, I think so. I was going to put, I put him at the end of the character thing, but if this is natural, I believe that, oh, yeah. is, that that is the case. He really is a good fit because for as good as the Wario platforming games are for the Game Boy. Yeah, th um, those are extremely good. Like yeah. if, if anybody here has not played those, like those are very fun. Like Wario Land games are very good. Yes. Uh, for as amazing as those are, uh, there's only so much you can do inside of those. And Wario's entire deal is that it is as close to the worst possible person that you could get. Yeah, like a, like an anti. He's like it, it's so weird that he came out on Nintendo. At point, I couldn't find any support for this, but it feels a little bit like to me them taking a jab at like crude mascots. That came out in the wake of Mario. Yeah, you know, you'd end up with, uh, you know, just like more more attitude and kind of like coarser. And they're like, yeah, but what if we have this yellow sphere that farts all the time? You know, like, <laughs> what if we have this avuncular monster that like <laughs> just, you know growls at everyone? Like, let's just go whole hog. What is and, this mustache? Pointier, pointier. Yeah, this like this is a grotesque purple nose, like you know, pink nose. Like he's just. He's really, really gross, guys. <laughs> um, What's great about it is, you know, in a lot of media, if you want to communicate that somebody is bad... Uh, have you, them fart all the time. Uh, yeah, true. I also, could set through Batman Returns. Just any to be no farting. Yeah, he's got to himself down the sewer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, well, you, you see that, like, the, the stage onesie? Uh -huh. He wears during the entire thing. There are lots of implied... <laughs> SVDs going on in that movie. <laughs> What's an SVD? Oh, it's a silent but deadly. Device. Okay, that's, that's the uh, that's what. It's, it's okay, cool. Uh, it's, it when just the, took the penguin comes I, I figured somebody else wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't oh, know what that was. Um, no, but in a lot of media, what they do is they show evil through violence. They show evil through like I'm going to inflict harm on other people, and that I think restricts the range a lot of the time of like how bad a person could actually be as depicted in media, but Wario is greedy, he's slothful, he is uh, piggish, he has terrible hygiene, he's in it only for himself, he exploits his friends, like all yeah. of these just terrible, terrible, unwholesome things. It's everybody at Nintendo's like worst roommate, <laughs> like all conglommed into, uh, into a thing. Um, and, he's, and, and consequently, I think, and we're, we're doing goose, but I also, he's one of my favorite Nintendo characters, like, in a walk. Like, I think Wario is great. Uh, just because it's so, it feels very disruptive to sit down and play a Nintendo game and just have this, like, monster. Yeah. You know, this is, like, gross little guy. 
Uh, he's extremely good. This <laughs> little goblin. Yeah. And then, and then if, if you're like, show me something in a sexy Wario. <laughs> then you get Waluigi. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. You know. <laughs> Let's see, he's like a lither, more like uh, aerodynamic Wario, you know? Um, so the, the, whole, the, the whole gamut from Wario to Waluigi, uh, are also, we should also talk about Wario's name, just real quick. Yes. Uh, which is a pun in Japanese for uh, bad or evil. Okay. Uh, Waru? Yep. And that is, I, I believe, that's the, don't kill me if that's wrong, but that's uh, why he's called Wario. Yeah. It's a pun for bad Wario, bad Mario. Yeah, and there are conflicting origins about Wario himself whether or not it's the product of Mario's hat flipping upside down. Uh, in one of the Yoshi's Island games, um, you see baby Wario, which doesn't seem like it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, he probably would have been taken down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> he was rescued from a sack. The, uh, there's also, I love little Wario, too, when he turns into small Wario during the platformer games. He's got that little, like, buzz cut. That, like, uh, that haircut that they give, give kids when they have lice all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it looks like he's... Little, little, little baby Chuck Liddell's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that as a little kid who had lice a bunch when I was little, so I'm not throwing shade. Like, the, uh, I had a bunch of friends, and we just kept passing it back and forth. Like, we were rallying at a badminton match. Um, so... Wario was the perfect fit. Um, and when they're making the first game, uh, their goal was, let's make something Nintendo wouldn't make. Like, let's do something that is contrary to a Nintendo game. Yeah. Uh, and I think they succeeded in that. It does not feel like a Nintendo game uh, at the time it comes out. No, and one of the reasons it, feel, it feels that way is because of the way they started developing them. This isn't the case now, uh, because production has gotten more complicated. Uh, but back in the day, for the first couple of these, every micro game uh, was drawn and coded by a single person instead of separating out art assets and animation and coding and things like that, they, they didn't divide labor. Uh, one person had responsibility for this. Yeah, and it was also a very free uh, environment. Like, anybody could pitch a game. So they would have a whiteboard or, uh, like, a board with Post-it notes, and you could say, like, you know, toothbrush, question mark, and, like, <laughs> put that up, and anybody in the staff could pitch it. It was very open and free, which is not always the case. It wasn't yeah. even just people on the WarioWare team, yeah. by the way, either, like, People from other divisions and other studios in Nintendo would like swing by and sneak their post-it notes yeah. up onto yeah. the wall. What if a baseball, you know, or something like that? And it would just say that would be the, done. Shoot, yeah. print, game. Um, they didn't expect this to be successful. Um, it is. It does feel risky. It's a weird game, and it, there wasn't anything really like it uh, beforehand. Uh, but it was. It did really, really well, and it became kind of a mainstay for a while. Yeah. Um, we are we are past the twilight of the dawn of Wario, but like for a while they were consistent. Uh, you got WarioWare. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now the original WarioWare, WarioWare Micro Games, um, that wasn't a Z, it was a dollar sign. Pronunciation. <laughs> uh, was one of the last games to be developed by Nintendo R and D One. Uh, this is the studio that was kind of headed up by uh, Gunpei Yokoi, mm -hmm. um, guy who developed the uh, the D-pad, uh, kind of the guy behind Metroid as Game well. Boy. Game Boy. Yep. yep. Virtual Boy. Yeah. Um, I don't say that as a joke. He really, really yeah, was. That's he, he did that. Yeah. Counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, after that, uh, they moved this over to Nintendo Software Planning and Development, uh, studio also known for Rhythm Heaven, uh, which yeah. this game shares a lot with. Yeah. Which makes tons of sense. The characters seem like Rhythm Heaven characters and Rhythm Heaven games feel the same. Yeah. Uh, which is another series that's very dear to my heart. This is my favorite stuff that Nintendo can do. Yeah. Is this uh, just kind of oddball uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, after the first two, uh, Nintendo Software Planning Development also teamed up with Intelligent Systems uh, to do that. That was part of that whole general team yeah. uh, there. 
Yep. And they also make the Tomodachi games, which I have never played. They look like they revolve around the Miis, and I just have no, 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 yeah. no idea. Yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna get into a me. Even though one of the Awada ass things yeah. talked about the me being tied to the development of this as well. Yeah, it was like the, details, it was like it was, the creation system for the Miis was this weird philosophical thing that Nintendo opened themselves up to in the making of smooth moves. Yes. So when they were making, so if you like Miis, which like Miis are fine, <laughs> yeah. but if you're like real into Miis, you're like in those games, MarioWare is to uh, is to blame or thank. <laughs> <laughs> Depending. Yes, because it make, you can make your own little dude. Um, eventually, Nintendo consolidated all of the SPD software planning um, uh, and development, uh, along with some other teams to make just this massive entertainment planning and development team, blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of stuff. The takeaway here is there hasn't been a WarioWare game since that happened in, like, 2015. It just, it just hasn't, hasn't occurred and uh, and we've had systems since then. Yeah, we've had you know, <laughs> one two switch. That indelible thing we're going to be talking about in ten years. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> that'll all be a live show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is true. Um, yeah, so uh, some of the people who were involved in this um, and where they kind of uh, dropped off. Um, Goro Abe's uh, uh, Goro Abe. Goro Abe. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading from a thing, and I've never heard this pronounced. So I, uh, I'm just going to take that that lump on the chin there. Sorry, man. Uh, Goro Abe, uh, his last credit was as a super uh, supervisor on Smash Brothers for the Wii. Wii U. Yes. So. Yes, and uh, Yoshio Sakamoto, another person who was involved. His last credit was as a producer on Metroid: Samus Returns. It's actually Returns. Okay. I, I just wanted to, <laughs> just to get in a correction. Yeah. Just tell you what, I'll throw you, a, I'll throw you an actual softball later on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Samus Retruns. Retruns, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, so these games have their own cast, as we mentioned, uh, kind of consistent characters. Yes. Um, they feel very rhythm heaven, um, but that just means that they're kind of fun and goofy and there's, they're impossible to take seriously. Like, I feel like Mario is pretty goofy, um, but there are also times where they want me to be concerned for Mario. And Zelda has gotten so self-serious. Like, Mario has lost a lot of its playful spirit, or Nintendo has lost a lot of playful spirit with its first-party stuff. Um, and this is where it lives yes. now with these guys where it's like, these are just goofy cartoons. <laughs> goofy, goofy cartoons that it's impossible to imagine befriending Wario. Yeah, yeah, there's something about Wario. Uh, that, <laughs> and I don't know. The long-awaited sequel. Um, yeah. yeah, but they, they love Wario. They're all work, they all work for him, and they like it. Yeah. Uh, it is not, uh, there's, you know, we never see a union come in and shut it down. <laughs> um, so they designed, in the first game, they designed these micro games for him. Yes. Um, but the games that we actually play, it deals with their daily lives, kind of their life outside of the, uh, the game design factory. Yeah, it shows them in these... Weirdly, um, like elite beat agents, or uh, I don't know how to say that word, uh, what it's actually called. It's Retruns. Yes, it's Retruns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's weirdly like that. Where you see them in some kind of crisis, and you play these mini games, um, and your success or failure in them will have an impact on like how, they, how they're doing in their goal. Yes. That's kind of the theming or the chrome around these rapid fire bursts of games themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go through the uh, the games, and each character also has a kind of a specific aesthetic and mechanic yes. that they're tied to, and these generally hold through true for the series. Yeah, um, there's some minor variations. Um, they add some characters as well, but in the first game, these are our mainstays, yeah. and they're always there. Um, and it, so there, there, there is a, an important point of distinction here. In the first game, every character presides over a visual theme or an aesthetic, um, and subsequently, every character was kind of. Uh, 
um, the master of a particular input style. Yeah. 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 They still have kind of an aesthetic, though, too. A little bit. Yeah, so, like, that totally go away. Yeah. So nine volt is always Nintendo based. Yeah. You nine. know, like uh, the the two uh, the two Ninja Girls are always kind of like nature yeah. based. So like the the aesthetic remains too, but then they also change to uh, input styles. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so the the first one we're going to run to is Jimmy T. Yep. Uh, Short for Jimmy Thang. Thang. <laughs> he's a, he's a, a guy with a big afro. Um, he loves to dance so much. His girlfriends break up with him, and uh, and his his games all, which is you know, that's weird, right? Like you know, dance with the ladies. Um, his games involve sports. Uh, his his style of dancing. He's just out there Saturday night fevering on the on the disco floor with his cell phone. Yeah, right. Yeah. His all of his games take place in his cell phone for some reason, which like that seems like a good reason to leave him. Like yeah, you got to put that thing away. You got to get that app that makes you put your phone down on a date. Jimmy T. Is, is that seriously a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you do. Uh, you do it, and you, you set a timer, and it's like it, it'll grow a fake tree. And it, it, if you pick it up, the tree dies. Oh, so you have to leave your phone on the table. Okay. So uh, Jim Crawford, I, I learned about that from him. Huh? Actually, the last he was here. Uh, we, we really don't deserve to go on. It, <laughs> no, no, what? no, no, no. I, I, no, I missed as, something. As, as, as a as a society. As a society. Oh, okay. Don't don't end the podcast over. <laughs> I didn't invent the app, Ross. I, know, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was thinking broadly. Okay. Like, uh, like, yeah. I, could, I could do the full on. Also, it's, the idea is not that bad. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really Actually, is. yeah, I'm going to backpedal even a little bit more. I don't think it's worth ending society over. <laughs> okay. I'm just looking for an excuse, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Any storm in a port. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jimmy also uh, brings along his pets. Uh, he's got little cats and dogs that dance for him. Most of these ha actually have pets and little animal helpers, uh, a bunch of little druids them, uh, and also he has like a family uh, who he brings in. Um, most of his games involve sports, like we said, also part of his official biography. Uh, his hairdo hides his secret, but he refuses to tell anyone what it is. So, <laughs> the mystery that will all go to our graves, uh, once cold destroy society, without knowing... <laughs> Uh, next up is Mona. Uh, Mona is a plucky high school student uh, who works part-time jobs uh, in addition to working for Wario. Uh, pay, pay her more. Um, but she's always late. Um, so she's, uh, in the first game, she's delivering pizza, I think. Yep. Uh, delivering food. Um, she has a little animal with her, and uh, her games involve everyday kind of mundane uh, activities. Yep. So this is where you're going to be brushing a lot of teeth, oh, yeah. uh, plucking eyebrows, shaving. Uh, why did everything go to hygiene? Because that's what most of the games yeah, are. Like, true. you do a lot of hygiene. Um, and she admires Wario. That's canon. Yeah. So, like, yeah. she, you know, again, women want him, men want to be him. <laughs> it kind of goes back and forth between, like, a, like a secret begrudging romantic affection and also, like, just, oh, he's such a great businessman. Uh, yeah. He's good at making money. Um, dribble and Spitz um, are uh, a bulldog and cat pair. Dribbles the bulldog and spits as the cat. Uh, they speak with a Bronx accent, which you never hear them speak. It's just you know included in that. Uh, <laughs> and their games often have like this uh, um, sci-fi aesthetic. They drive cabs. I don't see how those two things match up exactly. It's a Johnny Cab. Oh, <laughs> from, from Total Recall. Wait, is that saying dribble and spits aren't real? Yeah. They're part of the, they're part of the thing it's itself. Not like that. Like, yeah, one person really liked the Johnny Cab reference. The, um, the, uh, and, and dribble has beautiful, uh, beautiful smile, but gets cavities in his back teeth. That's also yeah. canon. 
So there's a lot of stuff about cavities in these games. Uh, Nine Volt is a lot of people's favorite. Nine Volt is great. Uh, he's a big Nintendo fan. He likes old games, and all of his games are themed around older Nintendo titles and properties, which is yeah. something that turned out will turn out. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Has a long tail. Yes. Uh, with these games. Yeah, uh, it goes back, you know, not just to NES, but to things like Game and Watch or their old arcade titles. Yeah. That they do. Yeah, uh, and he uh, he has a, a friend that he shares things with who's called 18 Volt, which I think is very funny. Yeah, uh, that would be like if Cole hung out with Cole Cole. <laughs> like I, it would, it's very. Cole Cole would be my son, like like a JFK Jr. kind Cole, of thing, John Doe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and but Nine Volt has a dark side. Okay, not everything is great with him. I gotta tell you, just for full disclosure. Sometimes he stays up past his bedtime. Okay? And he does steroids. <laughs> Performance enhancing drugs. Um, ah, somebody always looking for shortcuts, Nine Volt. I know. He's a, uh, Orbulon uh, is an alien with sunglasses and a cool cloak. Um, he is a cool dude. His games are brain teasers. Um, these are really fun. We have to talk about these games a little bit. Because up until this point, I feel like they... they we're all within this kind of category, you know, like we're talking about kind of simple things. But these involve mm-hmm. a little bit more thinking. Um, these will be like word puzzles and like spelling challenges sometimes. Yeah. And things. Like, you know, what is the correct spelling? The end boss for this one is a fake uh, RPG where you go through a dungeon. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get through it and it'll be like, defend yourself. And then you'll have a bunch of words that'll be like, shield, shied, shelled, shoulder. <laughs> and like, and you just have to pick it real quick which one is mean to defend. Um, it's really neat. Uh, they, these thoughtful ones are very cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. There are even ones that are like little, uh, not like physics puzzles, but uh, one that trips me up is there's a guy who's hanging on a gear, and you have a cart yeah. that you have to push, and you have to like very quickly work out which, which way the gears work, will which, turn. Yeah, which way you like know, to, to, to raise him up, um, not drop him down to, to his death, one presumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, remember, like we said, these are coming very rapid fire. Figuring out what to do is hard enough. These kind of take the mechanical um, kind of burden and make it more like just on you to figure out what to do. And it's actually very subtle too because uh, you always have three seconds to input uh, the action, but the time before the counter starts does vary. So for these ones, you tend to have a little bit of extra time. They know that they're more difficult, but they don't do it in a way that's very obvious. You don't get a countdown from five. They don't, you know, but you have a little bit of extra time. Uh, It's very subtle. Yeah. I really wish they would have taken Orbilon and made him the mascot for the Brain Age games. Oh. Instead of having Andros, you know, yeah, yeah. tile <laughs> face. <laughs> That's who that was, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the bad guy from Star Fox. It was the bad guy from Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Orbilon once wanted to take over Earth, but got into a rut in Diamond City. He got stuck. Yeah, so, he, did, he, he gave up like and started working in. for Wario. Yeah. Um, tell us about Dr. Krygor. Yeah, Dr. Krygor. This one's another winner that I would like to see more of. Uh, he is a mad, a mad scientist with a bionic head and a Cylon eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he uh, the in the second one in uh, Touched, it's all about him having uh, a raging case of the shits. Yeah. Uh, is his game, and it's about him rushing to the toilet. And I don't understand how like you're pitching over a toilet and doing games better means you six. Succeed? I don't know what succeed means in this in this case. And then when you fail, what does that mean? Like there, there's no there's no rubric for for Dr. Krygor's games in Mario Were Touched. Yeah, the, the, the game over is just an ambulance headed to his lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And then and then a link to the Wikipedia for septic shock syndrome. It's a yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, his uh, his games often. Um, oh wait, I didn't write that down. What do his games have to do with? Those are the uh, like the real you, pi- you like the real pictures, right? Uh, involve uh, real things. Like food oh yeah, real world th- real world things like yeah. food and animals. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, this is where you get a lot of uh, digitized photography. Like, oh, here's yeah. an actual dog. Pet, like, pet his hand. Okay. Yeah. Very good. They would replace that with a Nintendo dog later on. <laughs> this is this is cool. Really against launch DS titles <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Why am I against that? Well, because of uh, the brain age and the, oh, and the yeah, dog and stuff. Yeah. It just sounds like you got a bone to pick. <laughs> um, so Dr. Craigor is uh, taking flamenco lessons. He wears a onesie, which I like. Uh, and he prefers to apply toilet paper going back to that bathroom disaster. Right. Yeah. Uh, Kat and Anna are two little ninja girls. Uh, they are both very cool mm-hmm. They uh, and real cute. They love nature, and their games are all around, uh, revolve around nature in some way. Yep. Um, and like Mona, they also have little animals. Yep. So, um, as we, Ashley, which we mentioned, is a, is a tiny goth girl who is excellent, but doesn't get added until later. Yeah. So. Um, and then we have Wario himself. Uh, the framing story for the first game is that he's watching the news. Uh, he is a he's a greedy Fox News viewer, um, <laughs> if that reminds you of anybody. And he sees a report that um, finds Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, Man, what is brain age and ten dogs? It's, it's all four regular blog. Yeah, what, what, what is yeah. this? Uh, feel the magic XXY? What, what, is, what is cool having a problem strong. with? Yeah, strong. <laughs> but then it turned out it was real life. It wasn't yeah, a yeah. Nintendo DS launch title. Right. What's <laughs> he was watching a news report saying, like, oh, video games are making so much money. So he decides, I'm going to get into that racket, but I'm not going to make full games. I'm going to make a bunch of small games so we can sell more and more of them. And so he conscripts all of his friends because designing them is hard, as we will find when we get to WarioWare DIY. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to, that's pretty much the game, uh, you know, the first one. We're going to go through the different uh, things and kind of talk about how the series evolved and then eventually kind of devolved. Yeah. And then eventually digivolves. Uh, <laughs> in the end. But kind of talk about how it changes, and maybe you know, maybe it makes sense that it stopped because the last uh, couple ones weren't super great. Right. Um, so the first one, uh, Mega Micro Games, uh, released for the GBA in 2003. Um, this is the first one. All the stuff we just talked about, and kind of uh, contains all the basics, sets the building blocks for the series. Yep. Um, set the story. Um, later games would completely eschew the idea that Mario, or that Wario, sorry, is making these games. I wouldn't want to play Mario's micro games. I think he's yeah. real boring. I don't think he has the spark. Yeah. 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 It'll be about plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a plumber anymore. Oh, that's true. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. Also, he has nipples. I, I don't like that he's not a plumber anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that, that bums me out. Yeah, if, if his entire deal is that he is just on call as Mushroom Kingdom's hero. Yeah, it makes that $48 makes dollars an hour and yeah. plus pennies. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they scrap all of that. Um, uh, this was financially su- successful, um, became a series starting with the GameCube remake, uh, the one that we're playing at our booth, Mega Party Games. Again, the S on the end of that is a dollar sign, if you can hear me pronounce it. Um, the idea for it came when Iwata uh, noticed that people were huddling around other people when they were playing, uh, you know, these micro games when they were playing yeah. WarioWare. So he said, "Well, let's let's figure out a way to get this up on a big screen as soon as possible, mm-hmm. and do kind of a multiplayer focus." Yeah, you know, uh, for that. So uh, you know, everybody in the Iwata Ask interview, uh, based on this, makes a big deal about how rushed the production of this GameCube version was. And you can kind of see it. Uh, they cut the, all of the story and framing stuff out. It is just a menu. You just kind of go through the different 
types of games. Um, you still have the, the character, but you don't get as much personality no. uh, to them. So kind of a bummer. Um, it's still very fun because you can, you, can, uh, you can play it on the controller, on the big screen, and it has more multiplayer modes. Um, for people who are here, if you guys are here tomorrow, we're doing a contest at our booth. Uh, we have the unlimited play uh, where it just kind of goes as long as you can. Whoever can get the furthest in two days, uh, we're going to get your shirt size and your email address. And uh, we will mail you a shirt, and the shirt says, uh, Wario is just like Mario, except the M is upside down. <laughs> in big block letters, like an Abercrombie and Fitch nightmare shirt. You know, just like one of those ugly billboard, human billboard shirts. Yeah. But also a good message. Like, we educate our kids. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this fulfills some community service yeah. hours. It's not just that, like, here's three boroughs from New York. Like, it's, it's actually something people want to read. Right. You know? <laughs> So. It's basically the, the Lenny White Carl Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sick of these jokes, so I give him his hands. Um, after that, they actually they you know they switched it up. We have a uh, WarioWare Twisted. Yeah, I like this game an awful lot. Um, this came out in 2004 on this special Game Boy Advance cartridge that senses uh, rotation. I think there was a Yoshi puzzle game that used it as well. Um, the Game Boy Advance was kind of this last era for interesting cartridges. Um, where you had like little rumbles built in, where you had like Boktai with a solar sensor and stuff like that. This this was one of those. Every single one of the booths out there that are like dig through our pile of trash and fill any bag for a dollar <laughs> is ninety percent Guitar Hero on tour yeah. from from this era. Like I mean that's the yes, but like that same kind of basic concept. Like here's right. a piece of plastic that you have to add to your game to make it a game. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, um, there's a cool story for the concept behind this. Uh, so uh, Kazuyoshi Ozawa, uh, one of the lead developers behind Rhythm Heaven, they were experimenting with this ro you know rotation cartridge, um, and he decided to um, he wanted to mix WarioWare up uh, using this because he thought it would be interesting. Uh, the proof of concept was a little software record player that would play music as the system rotated, you know, like a, like the record was spinning, and he would just sit it on a spinning chair and spin it. Chair goes round, chair goes round, chair goes round, playing yeah. the music as it goes along. Yeah, and he just did this for hours. And this is a to ask interview, which if, if you've ever read any of those, like, they're really informative, but they're like five times as long as they need to be. Like, they, they go in circles a lot. I feel like there's a good half a page of them saying how much they laughed at this. Just back and forth. Like, you laughed at it, or you did it forever. I did! Laughs, laughs. I couldn't... Was it a long time? Laughs, laughs, laughs. Like, it just, you know, transcribed. It's, it's pretty, pretty silly. But it's neat. Like, and, and the cool thing, if you've never played with one of these, um, is that it has a physical feedback. Like, it feels like something when you move it. It's very cool. Um, it works, I think, works, Cole and I uh, don't agree yeah, about this. I, I think it works better on the old GBA because uh, the laptop one, flipping the, G, you know, sometimes you have to flip it pretty harsh and it's harder for me to see the screen. Yeah. Uh, but the actual, if you have like a backlit, modded old GBA, that'll, it'll play like a dream. <laughs> really enthusiastic. It's not like you're really trying to sell them. Like trying to move some units. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it because just uh, you would think that's pretty limiting what you can do with that, but that's really no more limiting than just a D pad. Uh, and the ideas that they come up with are, are, are pretty inventive for it. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't able to, uh, to to revisit this one for the show, but I had a lot of time. Show 906. Yep. Yeah, just letting you know. Yeah, we, yep. um, yeah, so, and this is kind of where it moved away from. Uh, uh, concrete story, it's a kind of misadventures around Diamond City, and the characters don't have as big an emphasis on visual theme. It's more about a control input yeah. uh, theme. Uh, Warrior Touched is also one that a lot of people played, very popular uh, one. This is a launch title, a launch window in the launch window for the DS. 
um, developed to show off the touchscreen, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this game, uh, Wario is walking down the street with two portable game systems, and he drops both of them in the sewers, <laughs> and then a character known as the Sewer Guru uh, appears with a DS, which is apparently the fusion of those, and Wario takes it uh, and sees the profit in two screens with twice, twice the price, uh, which is, again, very clever and self-aware and fun for me. Yep. Um, man, I wish I knew more about the Sewer Guru. I didn't have Wi-Fi when I... It is a lesser Mike Myers movie. <laughs> so, the, uh... <laughs> um, so uh, this was kind of developed alongside uh, Warrior, Warrior War Twisted, um, and they kept all of the veterans on Twisted itself, moved some newcomers uh, to this one, speci you know, specifically for the DS. Um, and the Twisted team was kind of brought in later on to inject some of the series' humor into it because there was like a lack of communication about like the, what the tone of these games should yeah. actually be. And I think that comes through. Like, WarioWare Touched is not that great. I, th I still think it's fun. It's not that funny. Right. Like, the actual things you're doing are still fun, but it's, it's not one of the more funny. Yeah. I don't, I, just, I don't like the ones where you're like scribbling and circles on it. I feel like those yeah. are games that are like, like Mario Party designed to tear through controllers. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, and it'll be many years before we get to Mario Party for this thing. <laughs> like, yeah. um, smooth Moves, as we mentioned, uh, Wii U uh, game. This was developed the alongside, Wii. or Wii, sorry, uh, developed alongside the Wii as a launch title. And uh, this one, Wario finds an artifact called the Form Baton, uh, which is a Wii U uh, remote, or Wii remote. Damn. A Wii remote, yes. Wii remote, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no Wii remote. Um, and it lets them control micro games using different movement forms. Yes. Um, so this also had a really interesting kind of development uh, story because they started making this thinking there's one way someone can hold a, uh, a Wii remote. And uh, they were feeling really limited. They made tons of games and they were like, these are all kind of the same. Uh, so they introduced this concept uh, based on uh, Japanese, learning Japanese language uh, public access shows. They had a Canadian who was walking by their, their booth who like worked for them in the company and said, hey, would you want to do this voiceover? And they had him do a series of voiceovers that tell you how to hold the form baton yeah. beforehand. It was just serendipity. A guy happened to be walking by the window and got hired to do the voice for those things. <laughs> um, pretty neat. But what it means is that uh, before you do a game, the game will tell you kind of what to do right. with the Wiimote. Um, and this is an unpopular opinion. I think that kills the pacing in this game. Uh, I think you need to be able to move way quicker than that. I hate the form baton introductions. Like, the first five of them are very funny, and then I get so sick of it and so angry. But then you never see them again. Like, Well, it tells you, they'll tell you the form, but there are, there are 22 of them or something like that. There's a lot of them. So it takes a long time to get through all of them. Okay. And they're all done in that very, like, relaxed pace. Like, they're going for yeah. an aesthetic. Yeah. And it's funny, but boy, does it kill yeah. the game for me. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the flow of it, and I've only ever played this, like, drunk in the house where I stayed at when I went to college. Like, it is a fantastic, like, we're just kind of fucking around in this house kind of game. Um, that never got in the way for me. Yeah. I like this game an awful lot. I mean, I don't think any of these are bad, bad. Uh -huh. It's just like if I'm a choosing one. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you're um, a choosing. If, I'm, if I get to Froggy come a choosing. <laughs> the, um, and this one is specifically made to make you do... Uh, goofy shit and your friends to see it. So yeah. you do a bunch of embarrassing stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing we didn't say about the way they um, communicate what you're supposed to do, they don't say hold the Wii remote upright pointed at the ceiling. They say do the umbrella. It's like a, it's modeled after like Japanese dance instructions. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they don't say, Yeah, it's dance instructions by way of the tone of the language learning right. thing. It's a real weird thing. But they don't, the first time it doesn't say do the umbrella. It says like 
Hold an umbrella as if a storm were threatening your life. <laughs> yeah. The storm continues to fall. The rain continues. Like it, yeah. It's this very like purple prose thing. <laughs> yeah. um, just so you guys don't think I'm crazy about, like I'm complaining, like, oh, it says umbrella. I don't have time for that. <laughs> like, I understand that's only three syllables. I, I, think, that, I think that is just a, it's a very good way to communicate that, though. Because like an umbrella, you, yeah. Yeah, because you really could, you know, just like lose a lot of that sense of speed. Arguably, yeah. it, uh, it still does, but I think that's... You could lose more. It's a very creative idea yeah. to communicate that. Um, we gotta, we're picking up the pace here. We're running yeah. up on time, but uh, kind of beginning the, the not-as-good ones, uh, WarioWare Snapped is a DSiWare uh, game that uses the camera, again, showing off that, uh, that hardware yeah. piece. And uh, you make uh, shapes with your hands um, on there. Um, it's not bad. You have to hold it in, like... You can't play in bed. Like, you have to kind of set up... Yeah, the DS. It was initially going to be worse. They were uh, originally going to use the outside camera on the DSi um, and have you uh, doing stuff with your hands in front of it, um, yeah. and they couldn't get the sensors to work. They were initially thinking about sending the game with a black backdrop and little little. In case you want to sell it on eBay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can take a picture of it and get rid of it because it's yeah. not so good. And, and <laughs> basically, the finger part of fingerless gloves. So it could show up. Uh, it's a very slight game. Like it was distributed as DSiWare. Um, you know, you're not going to be getting the full kind of benefit of this, but uh, but it's there. Yeah. You can get it on your 3DS. And then, largely considered to be the worst one is uh, WarioWare DIY. Yes. Uh, which came out in 2010 for the DS. Um, DIY means you can make your own micro games um, with this, which is kind of cool. You use the touch screen, you draw assets, you can do your own kind of goofs and do your own kind of logic design. Um, Kind of the problem is that it doesn't do a good job of telling you how to play it. No. Uh, and playing it is not actually that fun. And nobody's uploading these things for other people to play. Well, like, it doesn't really... You can't. They took down the services yeah, where you do that. Even yeah. then, though, even when you could. Like, right, nobody was right. doing it. It's not popular. Right. Um, yeah, like, the actual interface itself for dropping stuff in and drawing your little dudes, that's all fine. It's just the way that it's separated into these very unintuitive modes is hard to get over, like, the separation of what you're actually supposed to do in any given area yeah. um, is, hard to, is, is hard to get over. That and making games is a different kind of fun than yeah. playing them. Well, and making games is, like, super fun, but these micro games are so simple, right? Like, I, I love Mario Maker. Like, I love making a game, but it's, like, iterative and a long-term process. This is just, like, what if somebody went into a cave and I just have to draw a cave and a person and then just, like, say, like, it doesn't, there's almost not enough there. Yeah. You know, for it. Um, so this is largely considered to be, you know, this was the worst received yeah. of them. Um, which and is, I, with good cause. Yeah, which is a bummer because it is inspired by Mario Paint. Um, yeah, which, and they, yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and it came out in 2010, so this is seven years ago. Is, you know, it's been fallow for a while. The most, technically most recent one, um, there is a Game & Wario, which was a Wii U game. Uh, yeah. And, but it's not really a micro games thing. It is much more of like kind of a... Uh, each character kind of has a single Wii U-related gimmick to it. It's not like you're doing a series of micro games, so it's kind of in the same series, but not really. Yeah, you're exploring the Wii U gamepad, that gigantic Fisher Price monstrosity. Yeah. yeah. Um, the real <laughs> spiritual successor to these uh, are the NES Remix games. Yeah. Which uh, come highly recommended. Um, those I think kind of got they were budget priced, so a lot of people ignored those. I think those are very fun. And uh, what they do is they take classic Nintendo games and break them up into challenges, like essentially micro games, and just have you uh, do those. Mm -hmm. So it's like nine volts levels, but for a whole game. Yeah. And uh, you can buy both of them together, and it's super cheap, and those are very good. Yeah, very highly recommended. Um, especially because they don't just work in the obvious NES titles. Like yeah. They do bring in 
Uh, some pretty goofy ones. Yeah, well, balloon fight for miles. <laughs> like you're, you're urban champion of this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and for as many mini game collections as there are, there are really, I can't, not too many micro game style things come to mind. The only one that kind of was a fast follow to this was a game called WTF on the uh, PSP, which stood for Work Time Fun. Yeah. Uh, but that was more of like a, like a wacky. Um, that was an extremely weird game. Yeah. There's this whole like pen clicking. Mm-hmm. Part of it, I had work time fun. Yeah, I forgot. I had, <laughs> you just unlocked a memory. I forgot about work time. Y'all forgot about work time fun. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, so, so surprisingly, not so much of a legacy other than this NES remix thing. So it's kind of weird. Like, Nintendo doesn't let things go. They, uh, you know, popular critique, they've been making the same Zelda for a lot uh, up until Breath of the Wild. And that's a fair critique, whether, you know, you like those games or not. Like, they are very similar, right? Like, they have the same kind of quest structure. Nintendo doesn't tend to let ideas go like that, uh, but they let this one go. Yeah. And it bums me out. Uh, so I want Waluigi wear uh, for Switch real bad. Yeah. I just want more stuff to do with my Switch in general. Yeah, I love WarioWare. Um, I was a big fan ever since I got it on the original Game Boy Advance. Huge yeah. believer. Played them the entire time. It's one of those things where, uh, in kind of rounding out and thinking about what's special about it, uh, that uniqueness, you know, even though there's a series and from entry to entry it doesn't change that much, but... Um, that's really a part of the value is there isn't anything else that really plays like it. Yep. And it is, it is so good for just like picking up for a second. Yep. Like people say like, I want to play Overwatch. I'm a, you know, I got t- 20 minutes to play on play Overwatch. Like what if you have, you got, you got three minutes, you know, <laughs> like, that's, yeah, yeah, what if yeah, you, you're literally on an elevator, go. Um, they're, they're great for that. So um, I guarantee there's hundreds of copies of these games out there. Um, if anybody's not familiar, um, I feel like out of things we've done for live shows is one of the more obscure things. Um, I would, you guys should try it because it yeah. is a very fun Nintendo property. An easy way to try it would be to come by our booth, booth yeah. number 324, <laughs> if you haven't been out there. We do have WarioWare for the GameCube set up, and we are running that contest, uh, yeah. like you mentioned before. And we're giving out stickers and things like that as well. Yeah. Um, we, are, we are out of time. Uh, so what you know uh, that we are, uh, just repeat, uh, we are a podcast, um, Games Club podcast, and we are entirely supported by Patreon. Uh, if you like the show, give it a chance. And if you uh, if you really like the show at that point, um, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Um, you get a bunch of extra stuff. Uh, it is not for nothing right. that you do so. Duckfeed.tv is the network of shows that we do, um, spanning a whole bunch of topics. We're on a bunch of them. A bunch of our friends are here. Yeah. My brother's on one. Um, yeah, it's all a good time. And so. finally, uh, after we leave here, we're going to the Watch Out Fireball slash Retronauts meetup at Quarter World on Hawthorne. So if you guys aren't too sleepy, uh, come have some beers with us and the Retronauts guys, who are all very sweet and nice. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. So, so look at that. Look at that. Look at that. that. Wario go. <laughs> look at look at look at him. He's, he's, his butt's wiggling. Oh, cool. Wario go with like phones. Oh, jeez. Uh, there Pokemon go. Yeah, but is Wario like telling you what to do? No, you're just catching him in a Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just enslaving him in a oh, this in is, a luxury ball. This is a new. This is an entirely new angle on the Wario. Oh gosh, on the Wario Inception Ethos? story, yeah. Uh, yeah, or just on his uh, on on his origin, because oh, sure. because what you're what you're positing is that Wario, is, so Wario is to Mario as Mimikyu is to Pikachu, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> True. Yeah, so there's a there there is a Pokemon, an evil probably ghost and poison type Pokemon that is mimicking Mario, and that's and why he's doing poison. it so bad. Ghost and poison does sound pretty Wario like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the weekend. We we mentioned this before, but let's give a, a shout out to the uh, the person who filmed this. Yes, uh, for us, Zlock the social justice barbarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who I talked to on Twitter hmm. with uh, with some some frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, who doesn't break character in Twitter? So I did not. Uh, I was surprised that it was the, the, the same person. <laughs> Surprisingly, it was just like this cool normal dude. Yeah, although yeah, he's just yeah, real real, real nice guy. He introduced um, himself to me. So he's a volunteer at the show and I'm there setting up and I was making us think about getting more chairs because they gave us one chair. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just let somebody know that we need chairs. Not only do we here. usually need two, at least two chairs. <laughs> right. But this time we're going to need a lot more than we're, that, buddy. Right. We're either, this, this ain't going to cut it. And so this, this, this dude comes up to me and is like, hey, I'm here. I'm here about your special request. And I was like, oh, about the about the chairs, and like he was real, real serious, real straight faced. And it's like, uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know about that. I'm here uh, because you asked for the real golden stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he immediately passed, passed the uh, uh, passed muster, and also by do, like going out of his way to help us. Yeah, being a super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he helped us, and he we are we had a late uh, show, and because it was a podcast, and because it didn't have a video element. Um, they weren't intending to film it, right. uh, so it wouldn't have gone on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did that anyway for us and did a special favor. And I think that's probably why it ended up online so quick. Next year we'll have to just show like a like Seinfeld reruns or something <laughs> on on the screen in the, in the background. <laughs> what so, do you mean? So we'll get content ID'd? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be on a smaller screen. It'll be like when I you know look up like a a cutthroat kitchen or something on there because mm, it'll be uh, yeah. us on a table and then it'll be on a smaller screen okay. and then they'll, they'll definitely film it because they'll have a video component. Mm, no. <laughs> so, okay. Now, now I get, now I get what you mean. Uh, yeah. not, not the strategy, the strategy that I would pursue, which is to uh, tell them it's a presentation so we can get the video element and then just put random pictures up on the, uh, on the background. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so, so a big, big shout out to, to Zlock. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's Zlock or Zlot. Uh, it's Z L O K. Zlock or Zlok. I think I, I think I said Zlot once on 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 Twitter on accident. Ah, um, that's a different but, uh, social yeah. justice barbarian. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they get around. Um, so um, yeah, so so thanks to uh, thanks to Zlock, mm-hmm. um, and uh, thanks to everybody uh, who we met and everybody who came out. Like it was a good uh, it was a good year. Yes um for for meeting folks mm-hmm. it was uh it, w- it was it was quite good and i think we were helped in that regard because we were sharing a booth with uh with the retronauts yeah yeah so yeah it was a, it was a fun uh fun time even though uh a, a definite weekend highlight was the girl who introduced herself to us thinking we were retronauts <laughs> and then came back the next day and i was like yeah i thought you guys were those <laughs> you know and she, she didn't even say it like that she didn't say it like there was any self-awareness in right. that like it was kind of <laughs> Like not mean. I don't know what the word is. No, for, I remember it. It, it was funny. it was very funny yeah. because it can't. It, it had the the cadence of an own. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was her intent though. It was just no, like no. she wasn't mean spirited, and she came. Um, she was uh with her her boyfriend who came up and talked to us, and I think did indeed who know who we were. Okay. Um. So the first oh, day, okay. and then the second day, she was like, "Yeah, you know, I listen to you all the time." But I think that she thought he probably listens to both. Yeah. And she thought we were 
There, there were a handful of people who, when they introduced themselves, said, yeah, well, we, we, on a recent long car trip, we just loaded up Watch Out for Fireballs and Retronauts. And I think that a lot of significant others probably got confused because they listened to both shows and roughly, you know, in, in, in sequence. And then they come to a booth with both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, it made sense to, to split so much stuff. Yeah. We, we, have a, we have a lot of um, overlap. Yeah, there's overlap. We can we can help each other with infrastructure kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was really successful, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think that it was uh you know, a good a good pairing that mm-hmm. we will do again in some shape or form. Yes. Yeah, but we shared yeah. the we shared the table, we shared the uh, the meetup at Quarter World. Yeah, and we shared memories. Yeah. Um it was uh, it was really good. It was it was fun uh seeing those guys in that environment and I, I think that they hopefully had fun as well. Mm-hmm. Um and and enjoyed it. And one thing you know, and I'll, I'll just say this as a, as a moment of vulnerability, as they are a, uh, a podcast that is an order of magnitude uh, bigger than we are. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, oh, like, you know, it'll be good to, to share space with them. But like I was expecting kind of a weekend full of that girl yeah, uh, doing yeah. that, you know, and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we, we held our own on uh, on booth visits. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's probably by virtue of like this being our, our sixth year. Right. We're established at that point. Yeah. So we, you know, we like we get a, you know, rising percentage of regulars who who, who stop by. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it was nice that 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 uh, specific little insecurity was not dinged, <laughs> uh, which I was expecting. Um, also, while, you know, the other reason why it went well, and this is always true, but is because uh, Brayton and Nick. Yes. Uh, joined us. So big shout out to those guys. Big thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, because that makes the whole weekend go by a lot faster and yeah. more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely it's, it's more people to do things, more people to watch the uh, to watch the booth, but also like fun people to hang around with. And they do yeah. amazing with, uh, um, you know, talking to attendees and stuff like that. Like there's a, yeah. it feels like a big uh, not a party. Like, I think that's that, that's overstating it. It's a gathering of friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun way. It's like it's it's a day of work with like really fun coworkers. Yes. You know, Um, so it was uh, very successful in that respect. It's like Empire Records in an 11 by 11 space. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Um, And we had to take out the big uh, it was mostly about us. uh, Giant Bomb was going to buy the convention (laughs) and we had to stop them. Yeah. So um, huge thanks to to, to, to Nick and Brayton for uh, again coming out. This is like their fourth year coming to help. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe fifth. Um, I forget. Who knows? Yeah, four, four, fourth and or fifth. Yeah. I don't think Brayden was there that first or that second year. Okay. Nick might have come out that year. Yeah. Regardless of which, <laughs> thank you to those guys. Thank you to the Retronauts guys. Yeah. Um, thanks to everybody who we ran into. Mm-hmm. Um, which were which were uh, you know again a good number of people and a good uh, good attendance for the live show, which was nice. Yeah. Um, the show itself, uh, was super fun. Um. You know, it was, it was fun to kind of walk around and get stuff. The more of these we do, like, the less interested in getting things I am. Yeah. But what, what's interesting is, like, you do enough of these and you start seeing these weird trends <laughs> on what's available. Like, I I had it uh, – I was going to going to tweet it, you know. And uh, you know, repeating a tweet is already, like, annoying. But repeating a tweet I didn't make is, is beyond the pale. <laughs> but, like, you just have to indulge me because I already started the sentence. Yep. But something about, like, nations uh, – Perler artists uh, working double shifts to get enough pickle ricks into circulation for con season. Um, just because like, uh, I saw a handful of pickle ricks. Yeah. I, saw, so I was expecting more pickle ricks, uh-huh. uh, but what I saw tons of weirdly enough, and I don't know what this means is uh, inbox like NES systems. Yeah. Like the, the, the NES that comes with super Mario brothers three, uh, there were tons of. 
Did do you do you uh, think that somebody just like was about ready to demolish one of those Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of uh warehouses and then they just found Yeah, well here's here's just a shipment we never that never got sent out. I, I think it was uh these people probably had them, you know, because they're all game stores and brought a bunch of them because of the kind of hotness with the uh like NES classic and SNES classic and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. So I think that there there might just be a kind of a resurgence in in that and specifically you know, the you know the the american nes yeah the the gray box yeah because you, you know, like the, most the real... most years is actually easier to find uh like a like a famicom out there yeah oh yeah and the, there's still plenty of famicoms yes uh, out there too um but there's just like a lot of nintendos um a lot of the normal kind of like uh, uh you know tragedy t-shirts yeah and, and stuff but in general this was like really frictionless and positive even just on the show floor like it didn't mm-hmm. with one notable exception it didn't like did not smell <laughs> as bad as it usually did like the bathrooms were not as gross right right um, uh, i mean that notable somebody shit themselves i really think somebody shit themselves like not yeah. too far from us yeah. either that could have gotten way worse yeah it could have been gnarlier we, we could we could have been the fan gamer booth yeah, yeah. we've been just like right in the the, the path of totality right uh, for, oh, for God, that crop the path of totality. <laughs> like <laughs> total eclipse of the fart that, that happened uh, yeah <laughs> during yeah. in the con but I, I definitely walked by somebody where like you can tell the difference between like whether somebody shit themselves or somebody farted and, and somebody right. definitely like shit themselves right right uh, they, pretty, they, pretty gross they left a, a slice of ass on the floor yeah yes yeah um it was you know Pretty pretty rough, but for the most part, like bat, like last year, bathroom school was a real problem. This year, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, um, and it was instead replaced by audio pollution. So like there wasn't as much like nose pollution this year, right? Uh, so the ongo the, the ongoing struggle with D- with DJ Switch again, not yeah. to not not, not to con- <laughs> continue to exacerbate the beef. There there was a, there was a period of a couple of years I think where he took a lot of he took a lot of input and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well I'm just not going to speak as much. Now he's he's getting brave again. He's he's getting brave and he's playing like there was a weird like day two. I feel like the soundtrack was something like seventy percent Weird Al. Yeah. Uh, and and I say this as like a Weird Al like you know apolo- like something stronger than apologist. Yeah. You know like like as as a Weird Al like you know at least half hearted fan like it was too much Weird Al and it was just uh, the pop songs mm-hmm. um, that he did which I was just like you nerds like you actually like. Like it's 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 fine for you, like, but you like Royals by <laughs> by by Lord, and you like uh you know uh Ride and Dirty. Like right. you just have to have it like laundered through Weird Al, right? You know, because people like you know people are into it, but they didn't. Uh, I was just like this, you know, why aren't you just playing like you know eighty stuff or video game music? Uh huh. Like I was like, why was there no fucking video game music played? Like that is like the most obvious thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, or or do like OC remix stuff, like get yeah any number yeah. you, you know for, for for as bad as it was to have all those bands playing right in our ear when we were recording at Austin, like that was mm-hmm. still like kind of a better soundtrack of content. Like the the delivery yes. of it was pretty bad, but like oh, as like far as lim- stuff I wanted to listen to. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if like there like there is a mandate at some level to say like hey, make this less specific to video games and more about just like nerd and or eighties culture and weird Al exists at the you know at the at the uh, intersection point of that Ven- of that venn diagram but yeah it was very kind of kind of misguided <laughs> yeah i i'm not i'm not i'm not sure yeah what the what the idea is but i mean i was tempted to actually since this is something that we will probably do like each year like mm-hmm. i usually don't do feedback 
on uh-huh. things because I think like most of them are things I'm going to do once, you know, it's like, well, this is kind of a bad experience, but I'm probably not going to go back because of that. Right. Right. You know, but if it's something that I might go back to, like it might be worth doing. And part of me wants to send a thing and just be like, Hey, can you, what do you think about this? <laughs> you know, like I don't, it wasn't just us. Like it was everyone at our table cause we're yeah. curmudgeons, but like there were other, I heard other people talk about it too. Like, yeah. I don't think it is like universally loved that he's playing like all about the Pentiums uh, <laughs> and the, and we're the only people who don't like it. Right. You know, but then again, there are there there are people clapping and cheering uh, the 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 Unibagger, yeah, saying the, I love you, the, the Unisac, like the guy that guy got around. So the Uni, Unipiper is the Portland bagpipe guy who uh, I'm sure we've talked about on some show. Oh yeah, but who uh, rides a unicycle while playing a pair of bagpipes and usually has a Star Wars mask and then plays the Star Wars theme is is his thing. Yeah, and uh, he started as just kind of like oh like he kind of drives by events and things and has now become like a cottage industry where he sells merchandise and gets hired for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he probably like once every 90 minutes or so yeah. uh, did a little, little performance and it's loud. Very like bagpipes suck. Like it, <laughs> it, it is live music in the venue. It wasn't as bad as Austin, but it was like, this is a really loud instrument. I can't get away from mm-hmm. in the same room as me. Yep. You know? Also it's mobile. And if he decides to, he could just chase me with it. Yeah, <laughs> and outrun me. He's got a wheel. Yeah, um, <laughs> he has a, he has a, 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 a ROB robot on wheels. Yeah, he's, he's like a, he's like Gizmo Duck, but he sucks. He's like Gizmo. Suck. <laughs> he's like Gizmo. <laughs> like, yeah, it just uh, it's it's such an unpleasant instrument. Yeah, uh, and and it just like blaring. Uh, and again, just the you know Star Wars theme, like pretty much over and over. Right. Uh, yeah, it's the only thing, and it just like that was really really obnoxious. And we we are in the minority there because a bunch of people like that. Yeah, yeah. People uh-huh. were always taking videos of him. Um, I. I the closest I got was I followed him down an escalator and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to keep my my hand my ca- my camera in my hand just in case he decides to fall. He's like, I'm not going to video yeah, this dude eating shit. Right, I'm not going to wish yeah. for it to happen, but you know, no, but like, yeah, yeah if it happens, yeah, it's like, hey, you know, if you, I hear you, music, I'm going to dance. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like if I if I prepare for a storm, it's not like I'm saying I wish a storm would happen. Exactly. Yeah, and if it exactly, sounds like exactly, if it sounds like we're being like way too crazy cranky about this understand that a it's stuff we had to deal with for you know 16 hours 17 hours something like that also i mean it's our nature if if i'm spending a beautiful day with somebody i love i'm still going to complain about the pebble in my shoe so like understand the proportionality (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. um it is uh it was it was pretty annoying Mm -hmm. pretty annoying every every respect yeah so I'll, I'll add that to my uh, to my feedback. Yes. Can you guys, you know, just don't look, just don't look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's got to go. So it, it sounds like we're being very negative about that part. That was like the, really the only friction. Yeah. Yeah. For it. If you are listening to this and you're thinking about coming out next year, um, we'd encourage it. Yes. Uh, it's very fun and we, we encourage it every year, but it was, it was real good and we might make a change. We're still trying to figure it out, Yeah, but it's possible we might do something different next year. We'll, we'll talk about it more when we get further along. Right. right. Uh, that might change things. So it might not be the exact same experience. We might make it more enticing to come out. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. So all of that is, you know, preview, preview, preview. Um, yeah. you know, we're very excited about it. I'm also very grateful to be home. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Afterwards I got very sick. I was on, um, Friday when we did our karaoke kickoff. Yeah. Uh, party, which we, we always do. Uh, um, I had a sore throat that day and I thought it was just because I slept with the windows open and it's been getting cold tonight. Um, and uh, that kind of advanced until 
uh, Saturday, which I was like more or less fine, but I had like a, you know, second on cough drops all day. And then Sunday I was coughing uh, from time to time. We went to a haunted house, which we'll, we talk about in a second here. Um, and the, uh, uh, that night I just like, Oh, my nose filled up with garbage and I was so sick for pretty much this whole week. Yeah. Um, or the, which was last week. Yeah. Um, but pretty much all week, you know, uh, pretty sick. So, yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I... I got through the weekend. It would have been, it would have been hell. Like if the way I felt Monday and Tuesday, I'd felt Saturday and Sunday, that would have been yeah. unacceptable. Well, that's happened to us before. Like we've, yeah. rolled, we've rolled into a Sunday with no voices and like already like one third of the way <laughs> into the con funk experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I might have been patient zero this year because oh, I went in okay. sick. I don't know if I was, I got sick from the con. I think I was already sick, and I probably made a bunch of people sick. Ah, uh, geez. So I was You're diligent good. about washing my hands, but like it just, yeah. You know, I definitely went into it with a sore throat that I thought was gonna be nothing, and turned out to be something. So yeah, I know I'm not getting sick, um, which is which is fun. Um, yeah. it was like minor, like just oh, I'm real tired, and like all my systems are breaking down, but not that. No, I my, my, I fucked up my feet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. So you gave yourself some some real blisters. Yeah, no, just uh, there there was no more skin on my pinky toes because of an ins- because of a bad insole choice. Mm-hmm. So had to uh, had to nurse that the entire the entire weekend. And by the time we went to the haunted house on Sunday, I was like, we got through two of the three, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Gary, I need to I need to go and take an absurdly short lift ride back to the hotel because I cannot stand on my feet anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which I, I get it's intense, but there's a lot of line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so going on. I feel bad because I like I like that last one that I missed, but it's also one that I'd been in before, even if they, they uh, changed it. Since they change it every year, I'm going to spoil it for you. Okay. Because there's there's no spoilers for it. Um, they they did so the first eighty percent of it uh, was pretty stock standard, mm-hmm. um, for that last one. Um, but each one each year they have like a, a gimmick for it, and this year's was was tops. Um, mm. <clears throat> so, had, so we're, uh, we're we're talking about Fright Town, which is a collection, yes. a collection of haunted houses and let's say scary experiences held in the uh, like under an arena in, yeah, in, the, uh, in the Rose Quarter Coliseum. Right, right, the Moda or something like Moda that. Moda Center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's always three, and there's uh, they change. Um, this year there were two two new ones. Um, usually there's just one new one, and there's one that never changes. Right. Um, so the uh, the one that never changes is like kind of funhouse themed. And it tends to be like the less scary of the one of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, they, it's more they, like like goofy humor or like goofy scary. Yes. Yeah. Goofy scares. And there's been that has been legendary in a bunch of times. Uh-huh. They've done really cool things like um, the second year I think I went, there was uh, somebody pulled us out of the line to go into a secret room where they had a karaoke set up. <laughs> like they were all dressed up as monsters and they did have like a little karaoke machine. <laughs> and we, we all did a, a karaoke you know, thing and people behind us did not get cold, pulled into this. So just every right. once in a while, somebody got that experience. Um, and they've had the um, the you know the sanity tunnel, which which you've done the sanity tunnel, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I hate that thing. <laughs> I, it's it, it's amazing. Though. Yeah, like it is it is just really something else. Um, the uh, God, but they've done it. They've done much stuff. They had a real cool maze thing last year. Hmm. Um, or the year before, where it was. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to do the maze. You've, you, uh, all, this maze only lives in legend. Where it was um, a bunch of rooms that looked identical, and it, it gave you the illusion of continuing to go into the same room. Like every time you open the door, it's the same room. But then things started subtly being different, <laughs> um, and that was really great. This year, um, you get through about eighty percent of it, and it was fine. But then you get to one of those like dark mazes uh, that happens, mm-hmm. and 
you don't know exactly where to go. And that happens a lot in haunted houses. Right. And in this year, the first two haunted houses both had moments like that, if you recall. Yes. Um, and that was intentional because in this third one, you go through it until eventually you find a way you can go. And they have it set up like a – and it's like a backstage. And like there's a woman in a costume and she's looking at her phone. And she's like, oh, no, it's actually you guys got to go through there. Like, oh, it's, no. You guys do the thing. <laughs> and then as you go, something jumps out of a wall at you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so, so good. good. It's extremely good. They, like, they, uh, they, like, they, they Stanley parable to you. <laughs> They, they totally Stanley Parable. I had such a fucking dopey grin on my face. Like I was, I was so happy and impressed. And the way that she tells you to go is the exit. Right. Like you just leave. But like this giant monster comes out from behind this curtain and like convinces you. Convincing you suit, that you're out of it, that you're out of it, but you're still in it. Oh, that is so good. Like animatronic like beast thing comes out. It just like burst out. And she... The woman like looks, you know, she's in costume and stuff and she looks, she's dressed up as the people you saw earlier right. in that haunted house. And it's perfect. Yeah, it's like her on break. Like, oh, I'm, I'm out of rotation right now and yeah. like kind of annoyed that you're there. Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> that was exactly it. It was perfect. Like, I was so happy with with that. Like, very, very clever shit. <laughs> that is it, that is ingenious. Yeah, I was I was very happy with that. The other two I felt like were like like B pluses, you know, B's B pluses in general. Yeah. But that last little bit was like the special thing for this year. Yes. Um, yeah. So I went into the the haunted mansion one, which I'm sure was there. I think that, one, that I think that was there last year. That feels like the clearinghouse for like a lot of their just kind of stuff. Right. Like all that stuff is reused from the the Lovecraft one mm-hmm. that they they did um, for a couple of years, and it's just kind of like, what if there was a haunted house? And then you like get in there and like. Are they, uh, you know, are they turning people into werewolves? Are they just eating people? Like the storyline is a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little confused. Is 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 what it is. Um, yeah. The other one, thirteen, yeah, um, district or district thirteen. Yeah, like yeah. you described it very a- accurately as a uh, like a Half Life mod. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it feels like a Half Life two mod. Like yeah. you go into this thing where they are. Uh, doing some kind of experiment, uh, interbreeding humans and aliens mm-hmm. and making hybrids and it's gone wrong. Uh, and some kind of like virus jumped right uh, between and is turning people into like alien monster cannibal things. Yeah. Like tentacle arm uh, things that'll chase after you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that one, that one was really cool. Um, I thought like the, the coolest touch of it and you, you pointed this out was that when it ends, you're outside. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's the implication that it's gone. You know, you go into the building, you see all the stuff and then yeah. the last room, is like a car that's crashed through a fence and yeah, it's, there's like a mutant it, on the car and stuff like it's it, there's been an outbreak. Yeah, it's like a, a, a car has slammed into the building and like it'll, you know, the, it'll honk at you and like the, the alarm goes off. You step out into a room that's made to look like the alley behind the building. Like, oh, no, it's yeah. jumped. My other yeah. favorite touch in that was uh, like one of them. You're just walking through this room full of these tanks and, you you know, they've got stuff in them. Like, oh, OK, oh, yeah. then, then you round a corner and one of them's broken and empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, then that guy was running around. Uh huh. Like he was, he was there. So it was a really cool kind of like environmental storytelling. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I've talked about this probably last time we talked about haunted houses on here. But I just, I really want, uh, you know, it is such a, a ethereal experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just go away. Like it's not uh, nothing chronicles them. No, no. You know, and I've gone on YouTube and stuff. We talked about that in Abject Suffering, I think, at some point. Yeah. All the extreme haunted houses. But I've gone on YouTube trying to find like. Has anyone just kind of gone through these and documented like the the level design, like mm-hmm. the the room design scenarios and stuff of these? Yeah, because that feels like something like it sucks that is just gone. <laughs> you know, every year you make it and then it goes away 
and some of them are garbage and but some of them are very cool Mm -hmm. like you don't even have to do that when when it's in season right like make people pay to go see the you know the backstage scare but then release your design documents or do like a do like a blog or video series saying like hey here's here's the process that went into it show me time lapses of the build talk you know talk to me about the idea of this yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's that's what it uh you know they don't want to do that because they, in case they want to reuse ideas. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just I, I don't think that that uh, that's a great idea. No, I feel like they should they should release that stuff because I think it is extremely cool and good. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of haunted houses I need to go to. That one on the riverboat is still really good. Yeah, and that's yeah. Down there. Um, and I've tentatively made it a goal for next year to like do a bunch of them because yeah. it just happens once a year and like it's thirty bucks to do right or twenty five dollars, which is not cheap. But it's again for once a year, like it is an experience that I don't get right, right. Any other time, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've got that one. There's also a, like a like one that's based out of a schoolhouse that I think would be really cool to go to. Mm. That's uh, advertising all over the place, so you can tell they have a bit of a budget. So that'd be yeah. Uh, I want to hit those. Uh, who knows when this episode comes out? So this could be like this is hyper local uh, <laughs> to, to, to the mm. Halloween time period. But that might be something I do this weekend. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, we're recording this the day before Halloween. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably about it for everything I want to say about the weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, let's do our yearly favorite, the <laughs> Hall Report. What was your haul, Gary? What'd you get? Oh, yeah. Um, I got uh, seven items, uh, two of which are things called Terror Tracks, which are <laughs> um, TSR put these out in the 90s. I did not know about them. They are Choose Your Own Adventure CDs. Uh, I got a werewolf one that is based in the bayou uh, and one that is based on vampires. Mm. And uh, by the time this comes out, um, I will probably have started streaming stuff like that. Uh, but that is what was the idea. It was just like I have this big collection. Like I don't have anything to do with it. Right. Um, which is the theming of like that. And like part of the reason why I want to do that Lovecraft show and stuff is I just I have a bunch of content that I've not found a way to turn into work. Right. Uh, right. Which is like, <laughs> yep. I should like to do. Um <laughs> But uh, so I bought those and then I bought five um, and these are things I won't end up using, um, which are these these weird game books uh, that they have in the 80s uh, since I, I collect those where it is a choose your own adventure. But you get to points where you have to put in uh, programming and basic Ooh. or different uh, 80s programming languages to get the solution as to where to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, make little programs. They play like a little animation or they uh, give you a little riddle. Yeah. To solve. But you have to program them. So that's how it's like kind of obfuscated. Yeah. And uh, I could, you know, I could play through those that had to get like emulators. Right, right. Uh, that would probably work. But I just uh, there were five of those I didn't have. I think it might be the complete series of those. Oh, cool. So it's just shelf candy. Like it's just a, a conversation piece curio kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was what you got. Um, I got some horror games because I always keep an eye out. Um, I got uh, Resident Evil Dead Aim. Mm-hmm. Uh, which mm-hmm. we talked about uh, wanting to play on the Resident Evil Survivor uh, Exquisite Suffering. Also got uh, Resident Evil Outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these are for streams down the line. Um, and then also uh, Fear Effect, because they had a, a, a very, an inexpensive copy of that that was in good condition and complete. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is great. Yep. It is, uh, you know, and they were, um, oh, I, I'm sorry. Like, I forgot. The other thing I got was the Wonder Swan. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 You, you, you cracked that bad boy open? Yeah, I haven't put a battery in. I need to go buy some double A's. Nice. But I, I bought that and all games were the Wonder Spawner in Japanese. And I bought uh, the person who ran the booth said like was kind of explaining what some of the games were. And one of them is a rhythm game. Okay. Is what I bought with my thinking that uh, that would be playable. Right. As such. Um, form factor and stuff. It doesn't feel very good. 
No. As a system. Like, it's kind of neat, but, like, the buttons don't. I've been spoiled by the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which, like, yeah. everybody. Those have gotten expensive, apparently. But if you find one of those for cheap, you should get it because it's a really neat little system. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the yeah. Wonder Spawn has always looked a little bit toy-like to me. Yeah, I think that's the idea. They were being sold really, uh, you know, inexpensively. Yeah. Um, somebody, you know, came across. I think it was um, the booth that is the uh, Metal Jesus Rocks gentleman mm-hmm. and uh i think that he just when he goes to cons he picks them up for cheap mm-hmm. and just had a bunch of them like he just buys them whenever he can because he knows he can sell them for 30 bucks yeah uh yeah which is which is all i paid and the one that i got which was most of them were 20 but the one i got had a restored screen mm-hmm. apparently because that uh that's something that can go bad on them in the limited research i've done cool yeah, I'm excited to, to bust that out so this- i have to go buy batteries for another thing uh after <laughs> game night tonight and it will be played soon. Yeah. And this has been the Hall Report. Mm-hmm. Those are the things we got in our hall. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, as always, this is this is really fun. Like we're like we're well into the kind of period of time where this is just a thing that we do now. And yeah. it's it's great that it still remains, you know, we can still find find things to be annoyed about, but we can also still find things to, you know, just uh, enjoy. I'm I'm never going to not find things to be annoyed about anything. Right. Like yeah. pretty much like that's just kind of who I am. And I'm, you know, I'm going to give myself some grace on it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we don't know exactly where we're going for our second uh, convention this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, a, a health scare thing that I won't go into tons of detail about, like during the time where I would have applied for MAGFest and I didn't. Uh, so it's not going to be that, yeah. Uh, cause it is too late for applications. I would love to do that show, but mm-hmm. I, uh, I dropped the ball on that. So I'll eat some crow, uh, there, but we will go, we're going to something yes. uh, this year. Maybe something we've already done because uh, as we mentioned, Austin is getting rid of those bands. Um, Milwaukee is moving to a bigger venue, so it might be <laughs> a more something suited we've, venue. a more suited, yeah, they're moving to a more suited venue and there's, you know, some buzz about that getting bigger and better Yeah, uh, as well. And that was a fun show anyway, mm-hmm. uh, even with the like you know, surreal David Lynchian like elements to it. <laughs> uh, so the, um, so it might be something we've already done. It might be something totally new, but yep. um, as, as always, I'm also interested in hearing about those kind of things. So if you have a reasonably sized, you know, middle, middle class or middle, smaller class uh, convention that you know about that, I don't hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Gary Ba on Twitter. Um, yeah. I think that's probably about it. Thanks. So. Um, yeah. so thanks everybody for coming out. Thanks for listening to the live episode. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon so we can afford uh, to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to, if you don't support us already and you'd like to, um, you go to patreon.com slash TV and uh, give us a couple of bucks a month. Makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference. So thanks to everybody who has done that. Um, and thanks to everybody who takes a look there. Uh, not sure when this, when this episode's coming out. So I don't know, you know, to tell you uh, what to say you should do like for writing in. The upcoming games are Child of Light. Dungeon Keeper 1, Jumping Flash, Armored Core for Answer, and Titanfall 2. Um, but uh, the 15th of whatever month is the uh, is the deadline for that, if you're going to be <laughs> writing in for the uh, listener response episodes. Yeah, yeah, do so. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably about it. And then ratings, reviews, things like that are always uh, possible yeah. uh, and helpful. Possible and helpful. <laughs> um, Good. Yeah, so uh, until next time, um, what should they watch out for? Uh, watch out for that wily Wario. There we go. I there we go. I almost did a, a alliteration. Then I did alliteration, but I got self conscious about the alliteration. Watch watch out for wily Wario's. Yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was a journey. It was a whole thing.
we have, we have um, three minutes. Okay. Well, we're getting there. Can you remind me what the origin of the of the golden stuff is? Oh, yeah. Um, there's no origin to it. It's just a funny phrase for piss. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, I was walking I around my... <laughs> it's very highbrow. The, um, I was walking around my apartment and I was like, "Piss!" I, I, I had that voice. <laughs> you know, like everybody does. You live, you live alone and you just start saying things. When you're walking around your house, just there. Yeah, just yeah, just. It's workshopping voices and skin and knees and spelling bees. Uh, so, so, so I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna need a punts for to make coffee or whatever," because. We never, we never start on time. And uh, you're like, yeah, I got to go, got to go use the restroom. Got to get that real golden stuff. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A.P.S. And then we just took it on to abject yeah. suffering because yeah, that's what that show's for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's an outlet. Yeah. It's for the um, golden stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One very specific outlet. Yes. Um, cool. Well, we're just about ready. I think time. so. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, how many people who are there know who we are? Are there, are there people here who don't know who we are? I guess. Hi, thank you for coming. Hello. Hi. Um, for the audio recording, we will uh, we're going to introduce the show like we were doing it on a podcast. But we know you're actually here, and it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're not under a delusion. We don't think I don't think I'm at home. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get up, yeah. go off the stage, and then come back out and call each other on Skype, right? Like that. Like we Yeah. So just so you guys know, but. Um, you yeah. are ready. I believe that I'm ready. Let's uh, let's do it. Um, 